This is an SJC Radio production. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Pit Stop with Mr. Bird on SJC Radio. <laughs> Welcome to episode six uh, of series two of uh, Pit Stop, coming to you as live from the heart of South Sea. Okay, uh, got to start off with an apology. That's apology to to, to Max uh, at the end of last week's show. Um, we realised Max that we didn't mention you on the end credits. Um, that's because we haven't updated our end credits there. So. We should get that sorted for today, Max. So apologies for that. Thank oh, you, sir. That's all right. That's okay. I'm sure it's not a problem. <laughs> Excellent. Right, Joe, over to you. You're going to talk about podcasts or something, Joe? Yes, well, we've had something quite extraordinary, something I wouldn't have thought we would have hit so early on when I originally thought when you came to me and said, would you like to uh, record a podcast with us? We've, uh, we've hit 400 podcast listens which is absolutely amazing. This would be through the TuneIn website. Um, so thank you very much, everyone listening. And I really hope you have enjoyed all the episodes we've done so far. Uh, I can tell you, I, for one, I don't feel like stopping at 400. So uh, <laughs> it's been great fun. And thank you all for listening. That's very good. I, I, I know some people, Joe, obviously some people tune in on the day and, and other people actually listen to the podcast. My brother, for example, he doesn't listen live. He always listens to the podcast. So he, he I think he listens to the previous weeks. Uh, so he listens yeah. on Friday, but I think he listens to the previous week's one. Um, so there we go. Uh, is there something else about tweets, Joe? Uh, yes. Also on, on tweets, we've had our very first um, <laughs> reply. And thank you very much for that. And it was a great M. It was an amazing M. So we, we asked on Twitter, what would be your M of SJC pit stop A to Z of motorsport? And they replied with Murray Walker, the voice of F1, which I thought was a great one. I can't believe I didn't think of it. So uh, well done to them. That was a um, good idea. Yeah, that's a that's a very good answer, isn't it? Yeah, Murray Walker. Yeah, Impressive. Do you, um, do, you, do you remember Murray Walker, Joe and Ed? Or was he before your time? Um, before very before we, my time, but yeah. um, I am familiar with him. Yes, um, yeah, I mean, he I was very know. much he was very much the the voice of of motorsport in the seventies and and the eighties and the nineties. Um, yeah, fantastic. Okay, so um, 
I think the next item is new, so I'm going to leave that to you people, as it's mainly about Formula One. And uh, well, that isn't about Formula One. Should, should I, I start with that? We well, don't have it on our running screen because it's only an hour old. What, what, what's this, Joe? This is to do with Ferrari, and I they are. I think I know what you're going to say. Joy Le Mans in 2030, uh, 2023. They are. I, yeah, funny enough, I, I, I read that about half an hour myself, uh, about half an hour ago myself, Joe. This is, mm-hmm. I mean, Ferrari, they, they do compete at Le Mans already, but they don't compete in the in the top class. They've been competing in the, the GTE category. With, I mean, the GTE cars are um, sort of uh, highly um, developed supercars, I suppose. Uh, but they're going to compete in the LMH cat. Well, the LMH is a new category anyway, the Le Mans hypercar category. And that category is starting uh, this season. It replaces the LMP1 cars. Um, this is the first time since 1973 that Ferrari have entered the top class of sports car racing. So, so Joe, thank you for that. When was the last time they competed? And you got it correct. There we are. 19. 19- oh, that was the question, was it? Yeah, 1973. I'm going to roll it up. Yeah. Okay, well, that, 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 I mean, that really is, I mean, that, that, that is huge news. Um, so this um, Le Mans hypercar category, which is a little bit, been a little bit slow to take off because this is the first year of it. And unfortunately, we've only got five cars in the top category. We've got the two Toyotas. We've got the two Glickenhouses. Now, Glickenhouses are, they're kind of based on, uh, do you, Glickenhaus. Are you familiar with Glickenhaus um, supercars? Um, no, well, they are sort of based on Ferraris. Um, in fact, I think they've just released their car today. Um, and the other car, actually, the other car in the top category is going to be um, uh, the Alpine. Um, so um, Alpine have have taken over one of last year's Rebellion LMP1 cars, and, and they're racing that in the top category. So so for, for this coming season, you can use an LMP1 car, but it's going to be slightly handicapped. Um, so it's not faster than the new uh, LMH cars. So th- thank you for that. OK, so have we had any more uh, F1 launches this week? Uh, yeah, we have, haven't we? Quite had, uh, yeah, I think we've had two or I three. Say three. three. Yeah. Who was that? It was Alfa Romeo. Yeah. Um, Alfa Romeo, Alfa Tari and Red Bull. So the Red Bull, uh, no surprise here, looking, well, I wouldn't say largely similar, but exactly the same. The, uh, the Aston Martin badge has been taken off the rear wing and Honda has been put there. And I think a few of Checo Perez's sponsors have been added into the inside of the front end plate and the back of the uh, tail plate. So um, it's pretty similar, <laughs> as you think I could have guessed. But then it comes to mind with, if it isn't broken, don't, don't fix it. Uh, I think it's logical classic. So yeah. I will look back on it and think, oh, yeah, do you remember the Red Bulls? It goes past. You know exactly what car it is. I'm not you're, sure you need to change it. You're a big Red Bull fan, aren't you, Joe? I am. I'm not sure if that comes across at all. <laughs> it's a little bit apparent. Now, Max... You're quite excited. Am I right in saying, Max, you're quite excited about the Alfa Romeo. Is, is that right? Yes. Um, so they've released their new livery. I've just put it in chat. Oh, I don't think I, Sir's seen it. 
I haven't. I, I really like last year's livery, so let's I have a look at this one. Joe's also quite a big fan. Well, I, I, I liked it last year. I liked it last year. Yeah, I, I like it. They've made it better. Yeah, it's 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 thumbs up. I mean, it's it's very similar, isn't it? Yeah, uh, so it's I, sort of inverted the colours, turned them around. So what was red is now white, and what's white is now red. Also, pretty it's, much. It's less vertical. It's more horizontal as well, which which has a nice effect. Yes, yeah, so I've got a nice little touch on the front wing with Save the Children, which is their charity that they support. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I, that gets the thumbs up. I mean, is the car, apart from the colours, are there any differences? I mean, again, it's, it's, they probably all look the same, don't they, to be honest? Because I think if you painted all the Formula One cars from the different teams the same colour, I don't think we could tell any of them apart. I think, I think maybe a Red Bull because they do a slightly different wing. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Apart from the Red Bull nose, I, I, I don't think. What, what, what do you think, Ed? The main differences, I think, is the, the front nose and um, the length of the car. And also, the I think, the pitch. Because um, the Red Bulls, you know, it's, it's got it's quite aggressive and it's quite short. It whereas, like, the Mercedes um, is a bit longer and it isn't as aggressive. Um, yeah. And yeah, the front wing varies from car to car. Um, it's similar in some like last year's with the Mercedes and the Racing Point, obviously. We know <laughs> well, why. Yes. Um, but yeah, that, other than that, you can't really tell much, many differences. Um, you know, looking at it now, you can't really see no. any differences. It's only when you kind of really dive a bit deeper that you notice things. But yeah, there's not much. Ed, when are the new when are the new Formula One changes coming out? Um, hopefully, uh, the new regs should be introduced next year. It was supposed to be this year, but yeah. uh, because of coronavirus, they've pushed it back uh, yeah. to next year. So, so next year we're going to see radically different looking cars. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Uh, yeah. I think the fact that all the cars look identical means I think we're overdue a rule change. I think we 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 need to shake things up a bit. Yeah. Yeah, uh, how you've been talking about how cars look largely similar to so the Red Bull, the Alpha Terra, the Alpha Romeo, yeah, yeah, looking yeah. largely similar o- over the past few years. Yeah. I'd like to send you uh, look in the chat, please. Yeah. Photos of the oh, I've seen this. 1986 to 1996. Yeah. Now I may be a bit of the untrained eye. Yeah. But I cannot see any change in that. Well, that's because the colour scheme's the same. I could say so. Top left is probably the 82 McLaren. They are quite similar. The um, if we go um, below that, I think is the 87 McLaren. Below that, I think is the 89 McLaren. Below that, I think is the 93 McLaren. So the next column, the next column, I think is the 85 McLaren. Below that is the 88 McLaren. Below that, well, that's the 90. I I can't really tell. Looks like the 89 one again. Possibly the 1990 McLaren. The bottom one is the 93 McLaren. The bottom right is the awful looking car that's the 95 mclaren and above that i can't tell you the 95 mclaren as well so I, the thing is because the sponsor's the same i think that's why they look similar but actually the different like well, they're, look... they're, they're all they're all sponsored by marlborough um but if you look at this top left one the 82 one look at the, the long side pods there compare that to what well, side pods are very different there um 
Yeah, there are. Yeah, I'm, I'm very similar. There are. There are more changes here than we have on. We look at this bottom right, the 95 McLaren. Look at that compared to the 82 one. I mean, they, they are. Anyway. Got a slightly bizarre wing behind the roll bar there, behind the, the air intake. So I think because the colour scheme's the same, it, it makes them look very similar. But there are, if you were to see. Um, sort of the, the cars as a whole, I think you would see lots and lots of differences. Uh, but thank you for that. Thank you for that. Okay. Uh, also, I'm just James. sorry, Joe, I just want to add. Um, does anyone know what the new Alfa Romeo is called? Like its name? Oh, no. This is quite weird, I think. Is, it, is this what's... the... Okay, what's it called? It's called the C41, the Alfa Romeo C41. And do you know what last year's was called? No. C40. No. The C39. Ah, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. C39, and we go on to C41. So uh, if my math is correct, they've skipped 40. Yeah. Yeah, I no, think that's, that's a bit odd. That's, a bit odd that's my theory. It might be. Perhaps it's an unlucky number in Italian or something. C40. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, oh, um, yeah. moving on from car launches. Um, I, th I think Joe was, I interrupted Joe. I think he had so to Joe, do you want to say something else about cars, car launches? Yeah, it's sort of to do with car launches, and it's something we were expecting but didn't um, know the full details of. Yeah. And it's about uh, how Red Bull is going to continue to use Honda engine technology uh, throughout to 2025. What they're actually going to do is they're going to continue using Honda uh, power as well with Alpha Tauri. This is, um, and they will just form a new sector called pa Red Bull Powertrains Limited, meaning that technically uh, they are powered by Red Bull, but it is, it is a Honda engine inside it. And also, this is going their way as well with the uh, engine freeze development, which would mean yeah. probably uh, fully fund it from here on in. So, although Honda have left, basically their engines are still there under a different name. But they've left, so to the public eye, Honda are no longer an F1, but they, yeah. they really are just their Red Bull powertrains limited. Very good. On, on the subject of things, Red Bull, Max has just, or Ed and Max, sorry, have just commented on the Alpha Tauri um, in a meeting chat, and Ed's put a picture there. I like the colour scheme, but not as good as last year's. There's um, more on that. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's, it's lighter than it because last year's was more of a blackish blue. Yes, I thought it was black. Yes. Yeah. It was more of like a dark navy when this is a lighter blue. Yeah. Yeah. Slightly. Yeah. Last year's was better. I, I like last year's. I like both of them. I'm not. I'm not against one yeah. more than the other. Well, I thought last year's was very good. Um, Right, um, um, Ed, um, now um, I'm more interested in, in the next news item about tracks. And yes. we got some, do you want to talk about some track modifications? Um, yeah, sure. Um, so I'll start off with Albert Park. And yeah, um, yeah there's going to be some uh, changes to the track, uh, to I think to improve the, the racing. And pretty much, they're just going to be making the track in a few areas a bit wider. Um, and so also, goes a bit, slow. also a bit faster. Yes, yeah. 
I, I always it's very rare. It's quite a rare event where uh, in this in this day and age when people are obsessed with safety, and that's probably a good thing. It's very rare that corners are made faster. But here's an example where uh, I forget I, I can't tell you which corner number it is, but um, they're opening up. There's a, there's quite a tight right hander which they're making into a more sweeping right hander, which leads into that quite fast. Um, Sort of right. left right isn't it yeah it left right but it's, it's going to yeah. be much faster I, I, I mean as you were saying earlier the, the reason for that is trying to improve the racing i can't see how it's going to improve overtaking to be honest i'm glad they're doing it but well what they're doing is they're making sort of the slow nine turn nine crash yeah. uh will be made quicker making good. pretty fast uh turn 11 12 yeah. even quicker so, but, that, that, uh, but that won't lovely. help that won't help overtaking because you know high speed corners require well there's no outbreaking into high speed corners is there so i mean it's going to make it more dramatic the cars will look more spectacular through that sequence that's not, that's not their overtaking spot they're trying to make no. though. they're trying it's, to make it's the corner on from that but i still yeah. i still can't and, see bearing in mind these corners are high speed and we know it's very difficult for cars to follow each other closely through high speed corners I can't see how that's going to lead to more overtakes when it comes to the braking zone of the the right hander where, where they actually uh, where they have to brake quite heavily for. But it's making a faster entry into turn 15, which is, is. a braking point. So therefore, hopefully increasing overtaking opportunities. Well, I guess that the proof will be in the sort of pudding, won't it, I suppose. And Ed, there was another circuit. Um, I'm very pleased to hear about this change. This other one, Ed. Yeah, so they're making uh, a change to turn 10 at Barcelona, uh, which is, I, th I think, is the really tight, yeah. um, really slow left-hander at the end of the straight. And it I is. think what they're doing is they're just making it a bit more, a bit smoother, so it's a bit more flowy. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, look here. there was a pre-existing corner there, which they used to use. Unfortunately, they're, they're not using the old corner. Um so the turn in is still going to be uh, the turn into the, the corner is still in the same place. But as you say, it's not a hairpin anymore. It's going to be a double apex left hander. Um, so it'll be a much faster corner and that will be much better. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, for Formula One, they're still sticking with that awful sequence at the end. Yeah, uh, it's a shame. It's a shame that. But uh, yeah, thankfully, most of GP don't use it. Yeah, because for <laughs> most of GP, they use that out of it and i think yeah. if f1 used that that'll be much uh, better i know i tell you what if f1 used used that then barcelona would be one of the best circuits in europe easily because uh, sector yeah, three is the yeah. only really sector that's really struggles on that track like there's no one really likes it but if they yeah. like with this change to turn 10 it makes yeah. it a bit nicer but yeah. yeah and if they made that change uh with that last chicane like they do with MotoGP. Yeah, yeah it just mean it's a more rounded, a lot sort of circuit. More flowing, far, yeah. fast and flowing. That's what we want. We want fast and flowing. We don't like stop start. We don't like that. Now we've got that, a new. Oh, of Barcelona, isn't it? What's fast that? Sorry? What's that, Joe? Sector one in Barcelona is all sort of fast and flowing, yes. isn't it? Yeah, it is. So, exactly. so is sector two. Continue on. Yeah. It's just sector three that lets it down. Yeah, we Indeed. like fast and flowing. Unfortunately, people like Herman Tilke, who designs most of the circuits, doesn't like fast and flowing. He likes sort of 90 degree corners 
Yes, start and stop. Camber chicanes. Yeah. Going to move on to a new section. We're going to title this section um, Max Muses, or it could be Max's Musings. Max, what have you been thinking about, Max? So I've been thinking about Daniel Ricardo, of course. <laughs> when you like Daniel Ricardo? Yes, I do like Daniel Ricardo. So what have you been thinking about? So I've been thinking about his chances of winning right. a driver's championship next year. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, and Joe's face of disappointment. So uh, after all your musing, Max, what have you concluded? No chance. <laughs> okay. um, what about winning races, Max? I think well, I could say regular podiums just yeah. about. Yeah. Maybe because yeah. they have got I can, see a, I can see a freak race win, but that that's the match. I can. Yes. Might need a bit of luck for that, but mm-hmm. I think yeah. I agree with you, Max. I, I think I think we're gonna see some podiums there. Oh Hopefully. definitely. Um yeah. but I don't think the McLaren car's fast enough to warrant, you know, m- multiple wins, which is what needed to uh, become a drive world championship. Uh, oh. become a drive yeah. world champion. On, on the subject of multiple wins, Joe. Last week, we're talking about Lewis Hamilton. I think you said he won 11 races last year. Was well, it 11? Yes, it was 11. Yeah. 11. Funny enough, a connection I should have made. Now, I was all, we were also talking about 1982, that question that came up in um, Only Connect and the 82 yeah. Swiss Grand Prix and the fact that Rosberg won the title with just one race win. In 1982, bizarrely, um, I think there were 11 different race winners. So in 2020, we had one driver winning 11 races. In 1982, I think we had 11 drivers winning races. And I don't think, I, funny enough, I was thinking, uh, Max, I'm using some musing as well, Max. I oh, was wow. musing, I was thinking about what was the most number of wins by a driver in 1982. And I think the answer is two. Um, I think so. Um, because didn't win the title. Well, Peroni won at Imola and he won at, uh, at Zandvoort. That's two. Uh, Prost, I think, won at Kalami and uh, Brazil. That's two. Arnu won, won two. I can't think of anybody that year who won three. John Watson won at Long Beach. No, he didn't. He won at Detroit and Belgium. Lauda won it in... Uh, Long Beach and uh, Britain. I think two. What was the, the most number of wins in 1982? So there we go. Wow. So I, I, bet, I, I bet you wish you were alive in 1982 watching Formula One. Eleven different winners in the season. But that would mean that we're old now. What? Yeah. And we wouldn't have a chance to record pit stop. I think I would say old. Probably, probably sort of in your prime, Max. You'd probably in your be prime, yes. like, in your like prime. a fine wine. Absolutely. Get, get better. Thank you, Max. I think I'm probably approaching approaching my prime at the moment. I think. What twenty five? Well, maybe maybe I'm a couple of years off, Max. So, yes, just a few. Yeah, not that not that old yet. He's still got a while to go to reach twenty five. Now, got another feature here. I'm going to actually skip ahead slightly to number nine on our list, which is. Um, I'm calling this bunch of fives. I've slightly stolen this from Radio Two, but, oh. but never mind. Uh, I hope that's legal, producer Tom. He's nodding. That's fine. We're allowed to do that. So what's going to happen here? 
is I've got you all going to have a go at this. So um, Max, Joe and Ed, I'm going to give you a category and all you've got to do is name five items in that particular category. But the challenge is going to be the time. I'm going to give you only 20 seconds to do this. So if I gave you a minute, you would do it quite easily. But under the pressure of time, it, it could be it could be very challenging. Um, I just forget myself. I did have my stopwatch all set up. That's now disappeared from my view. So uh, I'm just going to get my get my stopwatch ready. So Max, you're going to start us off, Max. No Max, you there? No, yeah. no pressure. So I'm just getting my stopwatch sorted. I'm going to give you 20 seconds. I'm going to name a category. So, uh, for example, if I said fruit, you would say, oh, you know, banana, apple, orange, and so on. But this is about motorsport, so it's not going to be items of fruit. It's going to be motorsport related, Max. Um, yeah, okay. It's not difficult, Max, but with 20 seconds, it might be. So, Max. The moment I uh, give you the category, I'm going to start my stopwatch. Are you ready, Max? I was born ready. Good. Max, you've got 20 seconds to name five Formula One circuits. Monza, Imola, um, Abu Dhabi, well, I'm at three. Um, oh, Monaco and Silverstone. You've, no, no, yes. you've done it. You've done it. You, you, you did it. In, well, well, you did it in 10 seconds. Well, Nice right, ten seconds. Right, no that, that was Max is at your beginner level, Max. I'm now I'm now going to go over to Joe, who is an intermediate. Joe. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Well, this one, um, <laughs> I'm going to have to change this slightly I, because the category I was going to give you was five European racetracks, but Max has actually named has five named European, European racetracks. Race Right. OK, I'm going to change that. OK, right. I've, I've got it now. So, okay. Joe, it's going to be quite challenging. Joe, you're going to name five non-European racetracks. OK. Now, when can I start? Now. OK, uh, Fiji, Kyalami, um, Melbourne, Indianapolis and Singapore. Yes. Yeah, you did it with five seconds to go. You, did, you did that in 15 seconds. So Max, it is in 10 seconds. You did it in 15. Now, Ed, Ed is the advanced level. Ed. This um, is where I get nervous. Yeah, yeah, this this is. I mean, it. I had sweaty palms just doing um, intermediate right. level. Yeah, let, let alone. Um, OK, well, well, listen to this. Ed, yours is advanced level. You've got 20 seconds to name five north american racetracks starting now uh montreal indianapolis long beach circuit of the americas and uh detroit i think there's one it's, there is, is right oh get in i'll tell you what I, i'm very impressed with that I, i'm surprised by some how did you know detroit we mentioned it about five minutes ago i'm not sure how but <laughs> I'm amazed. I mean, the last Grand Prix to be held in Detroit, Ed, was in 1980. Was in, I'm going to say 1984. It was 1984. You probably weren't alive then. It was 84 was the last Detroit Grand Prix. That was won by Nelson Piquet, actually. I remember there was a bit of a, a start line collision. Nigel Mansell collided with a few other people at the start. Well, I, I, I honestly didn't think I you'd get that. I would have only well, named so I've said, um, 
Mexico City because that's, oh, that's geographically that's America. North America. Yeah. No, 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 Mexico, Canada, and America are all in North America. Oh, I would have thought Mexico No, I'm pretty sure we'll have to ask Mr. McBeefis. I'm pretty sure that Mexico is, is, is South America. Okay, well, well I'll tell you what, ask him in your next lesson. Um, I'll have Mr. Dylan tomorrow, so I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to Ed, know. I honestly thought you wouldn't get that because I thought that was too tricky. Well, I'm really impressed. Uh, you did it with about five seconds to go. That's really impressive. I'm, I'm beginning to think. I'm, I'm next week. I'm going to reduce it to 15 seconds. Well, we'll, we'll see because because the, the questions will get probably slightly harder. So well mm -hmm. done, all of you. You've all passed. Uh, some more bunches of fives next week. Right, moving on. I think we're moving on to um, the A to Z of motorsport. Joe, do you want to talk about that? Uh, sure. Well, we're on N this week. And my N is something that you wouldn't normally associate with um, motorsport. So my N, I'm just getting it up now, is nitrogen. Okay. Now you might be thinking, what is he talking about? Why is why is nitrogen to do with motorsport? Yeah, that's a well, good question. Uh, F1 tires are actually filled with nitrogen because it has a more consistent air pressure than normal sort of air you breathe in does. So they pump in pure um, nitrogen, so it's more of a consistent uh, and smooth ride. That's I like that for this week. That that that. Almost could have been a Joe fact of the week. Well, it is, it is a fact. It's an it, interesting it one. one. And then I realised, oh, I can use it because it's N next week. So well, I've used it. Um, Max, are you primed for this, Max? Yeah, of course I am, sir. OK, what do you got? I've got Nicky Lauder. <laughs> if that counts, because his real name was Andreas. Was it? Yeah. That counts. Sure. That counts. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, what, what's good here is that I, I, I like the fact you mentioned Nicolas because that's the second time he's featured on this because he, he, I think Ed mentioned him under L. But I think he was my I, L, I like, yeah. I, I like that. Um, Max, well, why do you why do you say Nicky Lauda? What does he mean to you? So when you say N, he's probably the first thing to come up in F1, I would think. Um, it was his birthday anniversary in the week, I think. Yep. 22nd of February, two days ago. Yeah. He died, would have been. Last, was it last year he died? 2019. 2019. Yeah. It was 2019. Because there was a big uh, like thing in Monaco where they all had red halos and all yeah. the hats. Yeah. Yeah, so have you seen the film Rush, by it, the way? It's my favourite film of all time. It, it, is a, it is a great film. It is a great film. Um, yeah, it's very good. And well, I think what's nice about that is it's the relationship between James Hunt and Nicky Lauda. I mean, fierce rivals on track, but but great friends off it. Yeah, um, and that's not something you really see no, from. No. You, you, yes, yes, you, you, yes. That's that's a good point there, there, Max. So uh, we talked about you know we talked about him the other day, didn't we? About how Max, are you aware that he, he that he almost died at the Nurburgring? Oh yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. you've seen the film, haven't you? Of course. Seen yeah, and then we, I think it was four or five weeks later. He, he, six he, weeks. Six weeks, sorry. He, yeah. he raced at Monza and came fourth. 
Um, yeah, very good. So Nicky Lauda, uh, so good, we've named him twice. Ed, what about you? Uh, my N is the Nordschleifer. I'm sure all of everyone here has heard of it. Yeah. Um, but those of you who don't, you haven't heard of it, um, it's maybe one of the most famous sort of tracks or track layouts. I'm going to uh, say it is the most. Sport, not, not, yeah. not maybe, it is the most. It's the most famous. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Without... it's not only is it used for racing, but um, also car manufacturers, when they want to test a sports car or something, yeah. you know, when, if you want to make your, if you want to make a statement with a car, you take it around the Nordschleifer and you, you see how quick it can go. Um, that, that must link in, Ed, to your favourite car. You know, your favourite car, the, is it the Volkswagen? Yeah, uh, the IDR. It yeah. has done a lap around the Nordschleifer. It didn't it's, beat the record. Um, it's good. Oh, really, but it's the fastest ever electric lap, isn't it, yeah. around the Nordschleifer? Yeah, and that doesn't surprise me. Um, but I think the record was by a Porsche, was it, it a is. 992? Uh, it was a nine it was a nine one nine it was the, yeah, the it was the lmp1 um what, what they yeah. did the year after porsche withdrew from the wec and le mans uh they they um they basically had an unrestricted lmp1 prototype and they went around all the tracks trying to beat the, the the track records and i think they did that with all the tracks and i think you'll find that the Porsche 919 hybrid has the lap record at Spa-Francorchamps, faster than the Formula One car. The unrestricted um, LMP1 hybrid Porsche um, holds the lap record at Spa, faster than the Formula One cars. Uh, yeah. I, Ed, I knew, I, I had a feeling you might say the Nürburgring, so I was thinking, should I cheat and say the new Nürburgring? Uh, but I decided not to do that. I decided to go for I'm a, a circuit which I, I'm a, I, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't have heard of called the Norris Ring. Have you heard of that? I, I very much doubt you have. It rings it a bell, used, but I can't. Well, it is, it is used today. I think you might have talked about it, and that's the only reason it rings a bell, but I couldn't it, tell you where it is. It sounds uh, it's, pretty. It's, um, the, the Norris Ring, um, I've got a, oh gosh, the actual, is the town called Norris Ring or is it called Nuremberg? I'm not sure. Um, it's a street circuit. It's about a mile long. It's basically two hairpins linked, but two hairpins and an S bend really, and a couple of long straights. Um, it's used today by the DTM series, but my interest is back. If we go back to the 1980s, it was around the World Endurance Championship, so you had Le Mans cars racing around there, uh, All the other um, uh, races in the WC um, were are uh, endurance races, six hours or whatever. But the Norris Ring was always a super sprint race, so it was um, endurance cars. Um, it was it was a couple of sprint races for endurance cars. So your your Porsche nine six twos and so on. Um, go go on YouTube. You know, go nine eighty five whatever Norris Ring WEC. Um, watching Le Mans type cars having sprint races around street circuits. Yeah, works really really well. Um, very exciting basically. Excellent. Um, we're going to move on to perhaps my favourite feature, Ed. It, it's you, Ed. It's, this is your time to shine, Ed. Yeah. Right. Max, are you ready, Max? I'm ready. I've got to retain. Okay. okay. Um, 
Ed, over to you. Okay, right. So start off as we normally do. I was born on the 29th of July, 1981. Pause there. Let's just work out the math. So this is probably somebody who has recently, well, yeah. he's probably retired. He might have retired maybe five years ago. So 81, that makes him late 30s, probably 39, 40. Yeah, carry on. Um, my first pole position is at the 2003 Malaysian Grand Prix. Ah, uh, 2003 Malaysian. Okay, I've got an idea, but I, I, nothing more than an idea. And my first win. Oh, that's better than me. <laughs> yeah. First win is at the 2003 Hungarian Grand Prix. Oh, hold on. Uh, 2003 Hungarian. Let's have a think. 2003 Hungarian Grand Prix. Um, I've got an idea. Um, I've got a name in my head, Ed. Carry on. Uh, I have the third most race starts in Formula One history. I I I think I've got him. I think I know. Oh, Max, who who is it? Is it Fernando Alonso? That's right, Zed. What a max. Yeah. All right, well done. Nicely Thank done. You. That's that's very good, Fernando. Excellent. Of course, now he's coming. Of course, when I, when I said earlier, he's probably somebody who's recently retired. What he? What he's yeah, somebody? Right. He's, I wondered why Ed worked so much. Retired, <laughs> and he's he's coming back. So, Ed, that was excellent. Uh, good one. Yeah, we like that. Yeah. Joe, over to you. Yes, well, it is time for my fact of the week. Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad you're all as excited about it as I am this week, judging from the cheer. So thank you very much for that, everyone. That really does mean a lot. Um, <laughs> so uh, this is sort of... Um, it's not a new fact of the week. I'm I'm doing one and well a half. This is half a fact because oh, earlier on, I think maybe one of the first facts of the weeks uh, I ever did was about uh, the 1956, I believe, uh, British Grand Prix, which might was been, attended might, by the Queen uh, Queen Elizabeth II. Might have been 1955. Yes, correct. 55, yeah. Um, and it, half a fact to follow on with it. I've just found it. It was um. She hasn't attended one since. Really? So since 1955, she hasn't attended a F1 since the very first one. Maybe she didn't like it very much. <laughs> That's interesting, isn't it? Perhaps not. Yeah, so just a, a fun one. too loud for her. Well, yeah, that, that, could, that could be right, Ed. That, that's, I mean, there have been, obviously, royalty at, at, at lots of races. Um, but not the Queen. That's interesting, isn't it? You are. What did you... What if the Duke of Edinburgh's been to any others? Yeah. My my limit my I have to say my fact limit does does end there. So well, tell you I what, don't know Joe, the Duke of Edinburgh. Perhaps um, Joe, you can do some research for next week and and come up with I'll some other royalty based F one facts. So uh, also I think we need to change it to Joe's facts of the week rather than Joe facts of the week because I've got two more here. Oh, okay. Uh, in the pit lane. It's yeah. not allowed, you are not allowed to use powers devices to lift the cars. 
So all jacks have to be manual. Really? Yeah, so that, that was that was one there. And uh, the final one is here. The biggest impact during an F1 crash was in 1977. Hold on, can I, can I, can I guess at that? That's why I paused. I thought you might can want I guess. to. Is this... Um, I'm, I'm sort of an educated guess because I, I I know uh, one particular driver I think experienced the highest amount of G in a crash. That's correct. And this is my fact. Uh, it was you take it away David, from me. David Purley. David Purley. There you are. So in 1977, David British Purley yeah. recorded the highest impact during an F1 crash. It was at the British Grand Prix, and it took only two seconds to go from the 108 miles per hour to a standstill. This means the G-force would have been 197.8. And just to let you know, everyday G-force is about one. Now, um, that was at Silverstone. I'm just trying to... Do we know what corner it was at Silverstone he crashed at? Perhaps. And also, taking off in a plane is about 1.4 G. So... Now, David David Purley, again, maybe some more research for you some homework for you joe david purley i i I think is um he's no longer with us i think he died was it in a plane crash or something it was something like that might be worth researching i think he i think he died in a plane accident i think but i'm not 100 percent sure well thank you for that that is yeah so david Purley. he died in the english channel when his aerobatic plane uh, biplane crashed. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was the case. It is interesting how these sort of um, Formula Formula One drivers, when they retire from Formula One, they still have that they still have that need for that adrenaline rush. rush so if you've done yeah. Formula One, I guess you would go on to a- aerobatic sort of uh, displays and what have you. I think in the second or third episode of um drive to survive which is the netflix series which we talked about uh, last week yeah. uh, daniel ricardo was in monaco where he lives i think um or at least he was visiting there and he was bored because it was the off season yeah uh, so he went cliff jumping just to get that adrenaline back in his body because he said he was missing it so much yes me, cliff jumping. about the adrenaline in um nico rosberg's podcast on youtube he was interviewing daniel ricardo and I was listening to it, and Daniel Ricciardo actually asked, now you're retired, do you do anything special to get that thrill of yeah. winning? And yeah. he says, no, he he doesn't really do anything, because he doesn't think he'll really get the thrill again, and he doesn't want to risk anything stupid with his family to just get that little thrill factor. That's which, interesting, isn't it? So he, yeah. he's, he's quite content then, just sort of... Yeah, so being at home with his family, Accepting I guess. that he's retired and yeah. he's not going to get that thrill again. Yeah. Yeah. I know Nico Rosberg, um, he has a YouTube channel. He drives a lot of um, road cars and some motorsport cars as well. So, um, mm. yeah, you can, you, can, you can tell that he's not obviously going flat out. He is being yeah. quite careful. But, um, yeah. That's good, isn't it? Now, we move on to... I, I've done my questions, really, with my bunch of fives. So mm-hmm. over, to you, over to you people, and if you're prepared here at all. Okay, yeah, um, I am prepared, so I guess I'll I'll go first. Um, yeah. These are picture picture based questions, so let me just get them up. Uh, Ed, I know you're quite into architecture. 
<laughs> yes. Um, so I'm showing you a piece of architecture uh, from an F1 circuit, and you've got to tell me where it is. I have a feeling I might struggle with this one. No, no. I, I Pay more attention to the racing than the buildings. No, no. I, you'll find this one easy. Don't worry. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you. I thought I'd get you started. There you are. Oh, yeah. From me. Just, yeah, I know that is. Oh, I, I can't see it yet. Where, where, hold on. Let's have a look. In the team's chat, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ed, where is that? That must be um, Bahrain, isn't it? It is correct. Do you know what turn? Uh, no. No, I oh, don't. Ed, yes, you do. Think, think about it. It's, it's... I can't really see the track very well. I'll try and get... Oh, well, well you, we can't see the track, but... I'll see the track now. You see the grandstand in the background. It's on the inside of turn... Have a guess, Ed. That'd be inside of turn, maybe... Turn 12? I'm going to say turn one. Off the home straight. Turn one? Yeah, oh, of course it is, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm getting thrown off by that grandstand. I must think, be thinking that's yeah. on the main straight. But on the subject yeah. of architecture, it's, it strikes they, me uh, that oh, it, it strikes me that, that when people design racetracks, unfortunately, they they seem to spend more time thinking about. They put more thought into the design of the architecture, which we don't really care about, you know, the pit, pit buildings, the grandstands, than they do into the the design of the circuit layout. Which yeah. is the same. I want more more thought put into making the circuits exciting and less thought into designing, you know, pits and complexes and, and what have you. Joe, back to you. I've got a uh, a little fact of the uh, fact of the week that I can share you with you now because it seems an appropriate time. Yeah. It's about Bahrain. Uh, so where we are now. Uh, firstly, that is the, that building there is a hotel. And you can stay on okay. there during race weekends. Yeah. Uh, I did look at the price because I didn't want to uh, stop me from dreaming about it because I knew it would be ludicrously expensive. <laughs> um, but the Bahrain International Circuit has numbers instead of the usual names for all of, it all of its corners except one. The Turn 1 hairpin was renamed after Michael Schumacher because he was the first person to win the Bahrain Grand Prix. So then at that corner, what it's called, what, what's it called? Is it called Michael Schumacher? It's called the Schumacher hairpin. Mm -hmm. So every, everything is, um, everything is numbered, uh, except from the first, first corner, which is the Schumacher hairpin. I'm, not, fact I'm not terribly Even keen. Even if doesn't of, like it. Not terribly keen of naming corners after drivers' names because, you know, the Schumacher hairpin, it just, it just, I don't know, it just doesn't do it for me. I, I like names like, you know, I don't know, Cops, Druids, Parabolica, um, well, Ascari is actually named after driver, of course, but I don't know, just, just calling a, 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 a corner after a driver, is, it's a, to me, it's lacking imagination. And next year, when uh, Mick Schumacher goes over it, uh, Crofty's going to be going, and Schumacher goes over the Schumacher, uh, the Schumacher hairpin. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Joe, any more questions? Uh, yes, I have one for both Max and Ed. Uh, no, not Max and Sir. Sorry. Max and okay. Sir. Are these separate questions? They are. They are. Right. This one is for you, Max. Uh, for you, Sir. Sorry. This is for Mr. Bird, sir. Yeah. Uh, can you tell me where this is yeah. and what corner it is? Okay. And I've even 
Put it in your specialist era. Uh, era. Okay. <laughs> Put it in the eighties. Right. Okay. We are loading the image. Okay. I can I can tell you more than that. Shall I tell you the year as well? I mean, if you can. Uh, I just need to just zoom in on the. I need to check the rear wing of that car. Yeah, I've got it. This is Monaco. This is La Rascasse. It is correct. This is, this is 1984. I had to zoom in on the McLaren because uh, if you look at the rear wing, you can see their the little winglets uh, attached to the side of the rear wing. They were banned after 1984. And also you can see that it's very wet there. Alan Prost, Ed, you know about this, Ed? 84 yes, Monaco. I? You know, yeah, I, yeah, I'm sure you do. 84 Monaco, Prost won it. But don't oh, forget. Um, I know what you. I know. What, I know what you're saying, but I can't. Well, N N Nicky Lauda won the championship that year by half a point, and the reason why it was half. Oh a yeah, point, because this race was like cut halfway through, wasn't it? It was. It was half points were awarded, so Prost would have earned four and a half points for that win, as opposed to nine. So uh, that accounts for Lauda winning by half a point. By the way, had the race not been stopped and Senna would have won that in the Tolman that would have been his first race win uh, I remember watching that I can remember the day I had actually had just been I remember it well because it, I'd just been uh, I was in the CCF at school and uh, we, we had been flying chipmunks at RF Abingdon and I remember when I got back to school running up to my boarding house to get back in time to watch the 84 Monaco Grand Prix so I remember the day well Nigel Mansell was leading the race uh, and on course for his first ever win, but but he crashed. Um, I think his his he went over one of the sort of the, the white lines on the racetrack, and in the wet that that those lines are very greasy, and he, he crashed into to the Armco on the run up to Casino Square. Uh, very dramatic race. Yeah, thank you for that, Joe. Um, Max, it, I think it's Max's turn. Oh, what I've done? No, no, I've got a question for Max. Oh, I've got a question. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, Max, what circuit is this? So all my questions so far have been um, uh, picture questions. And if you, the listener, want to see the picture questions, uh, see the picture from the picture questions, uh, it's on Twitter, on our Twitter. And our handle is at SJC Radio Now and also under the hashtag SJC Pitstop. Um, enough of that, though. Max, this is your question. What circuit is this? I actually get that, Max. I can't open it. I, I can see it. It has a like a photo logo and then a cross through it. No, that's not what we've got. Can you send it again? Yeah, more than happy to. Thank okay. you. There we are. No, it's not showing up for me. Actually, funny enough, I, I, I've now got that one that you've got, Max. I've got the original picture and I've got the photo logo with the cross through it as well. Yeah, I've got the same. Yeah. I mean, can you see it? I, I I can see it. Oh, I can see it. I can see it now. Right. Okay, I've sent it three times. <laughs> this is okay. This is a circuit diagram as opposed to a photograph, so it might be more difficult. Max, are you, any what what are, what are your um, musings on this, Max? Oh, um, hold on. Uh, that the last kind of turn six and seven look very. Hold on, let's have a look. Similar. You'd make this bigger. Turn six and seven. Where's six and seven? No, 16, I 17, think... sorry. At the bottom left. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. No. yeah. 16. Uh, at the bottom right. 
So, Max, um, what are you thinking? Before you commit to an answer, just give us what circuits are going through your mind at the moment. So, um, I'm thinking like, I know it's not China. No, yeah, you're right. It's not you're right. China. Yeah. It isn't. Would you like a clue? Uh, yes. Sure, but not too okay. easy. I won't. I'm not going to. It's typically a very fast circuit and it's yeah. currently on the F1 calendar. Yeah, that's a good question. Is this far? No, it's not. Um, Almost as old as it. Almost as it old. It is. Oh, is it Silverstone? It yes. is. Correct. There we go. Well done, Max. That took me a while. I imagine, I imagine had it been a photograph, Max, you would have probably found that easier. But, but yeah, well done. So it, it's good to challenge, Max. Sure. So, um, you got there eventually, Max. Well done. Um, I think that pretty much uh, wraps wraps uh things up oh no no we've got to talk about house radio haven't we because gosh th this has come up really really quickly hasn't it um so um joe do you do, do you want to talk about the house radio yeah i'm, I'm more than happy to yeah. so uh the how it runs is whoever whichever house has the most listeners uh they win uh obviously in order so if you find out that you will Damien have the, the least amount of listeners, they will come last, and Leo have the most amount of listeners, they will they will uh, win. And and so, can you mind our listeners when when these broadcasts are, Joe? Yes, I can. So this is Alan. Um this is on Monday the first of March at six o'clock. Then it's Damien on Mon uh, on Tuesday the second of March, also at six o'clock. Then it's Leo. On Wednesday, the 3rd of March, and you guessed it, at 6 o'clock. And then finally, Edwin on the 4th of March, also at 6 o'clock. And then the results from uh, from House Radio will be um, announced on Friday, the 5th of March, after next week's episode. And as always, uh, unrelated note to House Radio, but please do get in touch with us. Uh, by using our email pitstop at stjohnscollege.co.uk. Going to be an exciting week. I, I'm I'm looking forward hugely to listening to to all these uh, broadcasts. The only bit I, I I know, of course, is the bit that Ed and I have done in our tutor group, which was tremendous fun to do. But I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing all the contributions from from the four houses. So much to look forward to next week. Um, well done, team. I, I think we're at the end now. So all it remains for me to do is say good evening and I hope uh, we'll have your company next week. Yes. And thank you for listening. It's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye from Ed. Goodbye from Max. This was an SJC radio production written and presented by Mr. Bird, Joe, Ed and Max. The editor was Mr. Bird and it was produced by Tom Russell. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pit Stop with Mr. Bird. There's a few new things I want to make you aware of. We've got a new website, which you can find by going online to shows.acast.com forward slash pitstop, where you can also find links to our Twitter and uh, on the About page, more information about the hosts as well. We're also on lots more platforms in addition to where you're listening to us now. So we're now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music and lots more, as well as TuneIn like we've been on since we started so head over to those platforms to subscribe on the most 
convenient one for you and find all our back catalogue of episodes to listen to again as well.